0: Hey, what's going on, Giants fans? Uh, Welcome to the latest episode of our Talk is Chief podcast from NJ Advanced Media, the Star Ledger, and NJ.com, here Tuesday, June the 20th in the morning, uh, the day before the first day of summer, as we get ready, uh, we'll recap spring practices. We're obviously going to talk about the Saquon Barkley saga, uh, and uh, we will look ahead to training camp. So it's Daryl Slater here with you, Bob Brookover on the other side. Bob, how you doing? All right, Daryl, how are you? Doing well. All right. Uh, yeah. So I guess we can just start before we get into where where things uh, stand with what we think about the spring, how it all went and looking ahead to training camp. We'll just dive right into the Saquon Barkley situation. Um, and so nothing has really changed. Um, so they tagged him and uh, they're still in a standoff. They have until July 17th to work out the long term deal. Otherwise, it's he uh, can only play in a one year contract and we'll get into some of the um particulars of it but we still don't know the guaranteed money we know that saquon barkley is frustrated he has not ruled out sitting up the season which i don't think is going to happen Uh, pretty much no way that happens uh maybe he stays away for some training camp uh we'll see again he's not under contract so he can't be fined for for doing that um so it's all the same stuff really uh the only main new thing is that he went out went out publicly saquon barkley did express his frustration said he would you know He's think you know he would maybe would sit out the season basically is essentially what he said. Uh, we still don't know the again the guaranteed money on these supposedly disrespectful offers from the Giants. Uh, read into that what you will. I think if the, if the if the guaranteed money offer was really disrespectful, we'd we'd have known it by now. The leak from Saquon Barkley's agent, but yeah, it's it's a tough position for Saquon Barkley to be in. But to you know to me you know they could have he could have avoided this he and his agent. They overshot this thing. And now he has to deal with it. And so uh, that's where I stand on it. What do you think?
1: Yeah, as you, as you pointed out the, at the, in the opening, uh, tomorrow is the first day of summer, which means this will now have extended from winter into summer, um, which, um, you know, I, I don't know if we any expected that, but we we probably did, given the situation. Uh, it was pretty clear early on that Saquon was not happy about this. Um, you know, he's just recently made it – uh known at his at his camp in Jersey City, uh exactly how unhappy he is about it and what he is unhappy about. But he did not, you know, given a chance to say, hey, here's what the guaranteed money they really is, or, you know, tell us the real details. He just chose to say, I'm not happy about leaks. Um, you know, and he feels disrespected. Uh he felt that, like the leaks made him look greedy. Uh I don't know how any of that's the case. But Um, you know, basically nothing has changed since the the, the moment they put the tag on him. Uh, there's, they're they're still far away from a deal, um, you know, and how, how they come to a deal, the giants don't really have to do anything. Um, you know, but they, they run the risk of having a very unhappy, um, Saquon showing up for training camp when, if, if, and when he does sign the tag, um, You know, I talked to I talked to a former head coach in the league the other uh, yesterday, and he was saying basically he thinks this will this will all go away um, once once Saquon steps on the field because he's a professional um, and, you know, his belief is players, once they get focused on the game, uh, you know, put this stuff behind them and that they're so used to these kinds of. Uh, contract things that they all have to deal with. you know all the really good players in this league all have will have their contract moments um so we'll, we'll see but as of right now uh another day's another day is being ripped off the calendar and closer to that july 17th deadline um and it's unresolved
0: and i would be surprised if there is, you know i if he gets a long-term deal, I think it's going to be much closer to that July 17th deadline than we are right now. Um, That's usually how these things work with franchise tag players. Obviously the tag this year is worth 10.1. The tag next year would be worth 12.1, which is a total of 22.2. So really that's the guaranteed money. And that has been the guaranteed money negotiating floor um, for this situation. So, uh, if you look at the other running backs on the top of the league in terms of practically guaranteed money, the other veteran running backs, you know, Christian McCaffrey's at 38, Kamara's at 33, and then Derrick Henry's twenty-five, Nick Chubb's twenty. So, you know, if they offer him Derrick Henry money, uh, or they have been offering him Derrick Henry money twenty five five or twenty-six, okay. I mean, I guess it, it is a reasonable offer. It's not much more than the two tags combined. So the to me, the 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 practically guaranteed money window is is gotta be somewhere between the twenty-five and maybe thirty or low thirties. Maybe he I'm just theorizing here, maybe he was aiming for low thirties, 32, 31, 30 Camara level, uh well north of Derek Henry, and they said no. You know, we're gonna, you know, we'll cap it maybe a 26, 27. And uh yeah I mean if you're Barkley and you're only and you're only going to be practically guaranteed what 4 or 5 million more than what the two tags would be uh I could see how that would be frustrating. Um obviously there has to be there you know it if he's not looking to be the highest paid running back in the NFL as he insisted um the window here is is that window. It's really 23 million or maybe 24 to thirty, right? So they have to find somewhere in there, um, right. in terms of the practically guaranteed money, um, and maybe he wants north of thirty, but it's just not realistic. It may, if it ever was realistic, it's definitely not now. And so, yeah, so that's that's where things stand. And 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 and, and I again, I I don't think if I had to predict what would happen uh, if 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 he does not get a long term deal, I think he'll probably stay away for a week or so in camp and then come around. Uh, I don't think he's going to skip a lot of camp. It wouldn't It wouldn't make sense. I mean, it's not really a holdout because there's nothing he's necessarily holding out for. And we can get into that some more in a little bit. So you'll see it being referred to as a holdout. It's not a holdout. It would be a protest because he's frustrated. Um, and I get it. And he has every right to, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a player being greedy. So he's objecting to being framed as greedy. Like, dude, you, that's fine, man. Like ask for all the money you want. The, the, the notion that an athlete, should be uh, crucified for being quote unquote greedy is insane. Like, this guy, these guys have a small earning window. He plays a brutal position physically, right? So, like, okay, that's not an issue. Like, no one with any common sense is like faulting you for wanting money, you know? Like, that to me, that that's not an issue. It's more of a line of like, they didn't really handle this logically. Maybe, maybe he and his agent didn't think that Daniel Jones would get the long term deal, right? And then there they were. They got the deal done, and then Barkley was trapped with the tag.
1: Yeah, I mean the um, th- that's the whole thing is that you know he's been tagged, and there's nothing he can he can really do about it. I guess the the, the one thing he can hold out for, uh, I don't know if you, you you there's a semantics to it, but is to be released. Uh, you know, there there have been players who um, you know I I, I was. When I covered the Eagles, but going back about 18 years, uh, Corey Simon was tagged, not happy about it, didn't show up at the OTAs, didn't didn't show up for the start of training camp. And they got 10 days into training camp, uh, 10, 10, 15 days into training camp. And the Eagles liked the way uh, – I forget who the replacement was for him. Uh, I think it was a rookie. might have even been Mike Patterson who later played, played for the Giants. Um, but they liked the way he was playing. And they said, you know what? we don't really need Corey Simon and his unhappy um, uh, demeanor around here. And they released Corey. He, he signed with the Colts and his career was pretty much over after that. Um, and I don't see this as being the same situation because a, the giants have no desire to release Saquon Barkley we really need him a lot more than the Eagles needed Corey Simon. Although he was Corey Simon was a pretty good defensive tackle. Um, you know and i don't think Saquon wants to be released i think Saquon wants to play and he wants to play for the giants right now his feelings are hurt um you know so but that's really the only thing he could uh hold you know protest for um you know you wanted to when we were previously talking about how maybe there's some different ways they can redo do a one year deal if he did, does get to the july 17th mark but it's just I don't. I don't know. I, I really don't know how this is going to be resolved. And I, I am, um, I am very interested in seeing how it all unravels or unfolds, not unraveled. It's already unraveled, I guess. Unfolds for sure. And
0: uh, I think the best course of action is clear for Saquon Barkley. I mean, he should take what he sh- can get now. I don't think he should roll the dice on ten point one million and go into the year and 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 bet on himself. Given the durability history and, and the nature of his position, just just take if you can get say it's 25, uh, or whatever, practically guaranteed a signing, uh, take that, you know, don't pass that up. And, and, um, I think that's the most logical course of action and he's a confident player who believes in himself. So you, I, to me, I would not be surprised if he just says I'm, I'm going to go uh, on, the, on the tag this year and then we'll see where next year, uh, what next year brings. He could potentially, you know, quote unquote, hold out or stay away during camp, uh, in order to get them to agree maybe to some kind of, uh, you know, not necessarily even perhaps binding agreement that he maybe, I guess they could put it in a contract that he would not be tagged next year. Um, That would be an option for him if he wants to hit true free agency next year and is a little nervous about the fact that they could tag him again. Uh, The other thing is when a player doesn't sign a long-term deal who's been tagged, the only restriction is that he plays the year on a one-year deal, right? So he doesn't even have to be for the $10.1 million tag figure. And you're asking yourself, like, well, how? How does that work? Well, uh, obviously, in almost all – I don't think you've ever seen this before, but, like, either the guy gets the the deal or he plays out the year on the tag figure on a one-year deal, which I think those are obviously the two likeliest scenarios. If, for whatever reason, uh, Saquon and the Giants will come to an agreement where, if, say, he gets – um, like for argument's sake, like 15 or $17 million in cash for this year. Um, they could add some void years to the back end of a one year deal to spread out the cap hits uh, in terms of making a lot of that 17 assigning bonus. So that's how that would work in terms of spreading it out. So he wouldn't take on a 17 or $15 million cap hit this year. It would be less. It would be down below 10. Uh, but again, it's all about you're still committing the cap space to him over time with the void years and you're still committing the cash to him for one, for like one year of of him playing. It does, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to do it that way unless you have serious cap issues, which the Giants really don't right now. So to me, it's I mean Joe Shane has said flat out he's comfortable with Saquon playing out the year on the one year tag for ten, even though ten's a high number. Um, so I don't think it would be that loophole situation that I just talked about there. But just to be clear, the only restriction is if a guy uh doesn't get the deal by July seventeenth is that he plays the year or unless he skips the year which he won't do uh plays the year on a one year deal doesn't have to be for the tag figure it it can it can be more than or less than that it won't be less obviously um but yeah, so there's that loophole that's worth keeping in the back of your mind uh as far as whether he pull a lady on bell no no, it would just wouldn't make sense and like nor would skipping a lot of training camp because he'd be entering. And really important audition year, right? Like I, I don't think skipping all the way into week one when you have a huge year coming up where you need to prove yourself it, it, is wise, right? I'm, I don't know where you. Maybe he skips the first week of camp, which is kind of a, a,
1: a BS week anyway. Um, maybe, right? Yeah, I, I I could see that happening. But you know, going, going back to what you were saying about just like rework restructuring this deal and put void years in, and you know, kicking kicking can down the road in terms of he's still going to have some cap it in, in into the future with Saquon. It, it just, everything Joe Shane has said, it's, it seems to go against that. Uh, um, yeah. you know, Leonard Williams is out there. I'm sure he would love to lower his cap it, uh, if he could, but he, he also, you know, Shane has been adamant that he doesn't want to keep, you know, he wants to have this cap situation under control specifically by year three of his, his tenure, which is next year. Um, And he's, you know, he's been working toward that Uh, and, you know, to do something like this, that would, that would work against what he's been trying to do.
0: Great point. Very good context there. And I agree. Um, It was, you know, definitely working worth bringing up as a hypothetical. I would be shocked if it happens. What do I think will happen? Um, You know, I'd I'd said what he, what he should do, you know, what he should do is, is take the deal. And this whole notion that the Giants, you know, and John Mara can't let this happen. Like, what why? Like, I mean, I get that he's an important player. He's he's a really important player. He's one of the faces of the franchise. Uh, he's not a quarterback. He doesn't play a position that, yes, for the Giants, probably running back, and he yeah. is much more important than another team's prominent running back. Um, but, you know, John Mayer hired Joe Shane to do the job. I don't think there's going to be an, an interference factor here saying, like, okay, j- just cave and pay the guy. We don't want him frustrated. We don't want him unhappy. And, uh, like, call his bluff. He's not skipping the season he's not going to skip the season. It's asinine. Like, like, come on. And, 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 and yeah, I mean, we're all going to raise a big fuss if he's not there the first week of camp or to me, it becomes an issue. If he's not there by like the second week of camp, like you got to show up at that point. If you're Barkley and the giants do need him, they would need him. Um, So yeah, it, it has potential to get ugly, but the notion that the Giants should just cave and John Mara should just cave because Barkley left the door open to do, something that completely failed for Le'Veon Bell in 2018 when the mar- running back market was way different. Like, come on.
1: Like, it's foolish. Um, so what one should of, the, one, one, of the, the funny, one of the funny things, I, like, of this offseason to me is, so the highest paid back that got to free agents became Miles Sanders, and I think he got, like, $13 million guaranteed, uh, which is just $3 million less than the, than the tag, and that's over, I think his deal was, like, for four years. Uh, but $13 million guaranteed. Uh, and recently I read a quote from Nick Sirianni, uh, you know, he lost his best back and a guy who had a season just as good as Saquon's arguably, uh, maybe better, maybe even a little better last year, but Nick Sirianni's in, in OTAs right now saying I've never, never felt better. Basically never felt better about our running back situation because they added Deandre, Deandre Swift and Rashad Penny was a big question mark, uh, injury wise. But you know they still have Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell, giant noted giant killer Boston Scott uh, and and Ken Gainwell, Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell uh, as as backs. Uh, so you know, it, it, to me that's just a reflection of how NFL coaches uh, look at the running running back situation, and more so general managers. Uh, and I'm you know the Giants obviously know that, and they've said it over and over again. They know and they lo- love love. Saquon, uh, what he is and what he brings and, you know, but there, you know, you always hear players say, but there's a business side of things. Well, and there is, and unfortunately for Saquon Barkley and running backs, the business side works against them. So, and there's nothing you can do about it.
0: For sure. Uh, and so I, you know, I said what Saquon should do. I think he should take the deal, take, take the money that he can get now as much guaranteed as he can get now, even though it's not what he had hoped for. Uh, right. If he, if he you
1: know, if he has another season like last year or one that's even better, you know, he's a, he's he's a second year back from being healthy. If he has one that's even better, hey, somebody's going to pay him somewhere. Uh, you know, if, if he duplicated last season uh next season, uh, you know, he he's going to probably get a a two or three year deal worth, you know, what he's looking for. He he's liable to still be disappointed because of just the situation, just the the market itself, but Um, but if he goes and plays well, he's going to play in this league for a while. He's only 26 years old. Uh, you know, and if he's a back that can, you know, there's a lot of these guys that do fall off the, fall off the cliff really quick at that position for obvious reasons. But if he, you know, if, if he doesn't, he's, he's going to make another 30, $40 million in his career. And I guess the, you know for him, the frustration
0: is you know could he be tagged again um which is possible, certainly, so there's certain things that they could work out in wiggle room that they could do um there, but you know again, I think he should take the money um if it's gonna be twenty five twenty six practically guaranteed um then just take it it's better than ten one uh you
1: know, right it's funny. it's funny we're talking about well you know he's he's worried about being uh tagged again next year but what would you say was 12 it would be 12.1 million next year right yeah Uh, (laughs) and i'm not sure that he'd get 12.1 on the market i mean if the market continues to trend down the way it is um you know (laughs) who's to say he's going to get 12.1 next year or yeah 12.1 next year on the open market Um, Yeah, the nature of the position. (laughs) It's a difficult. The nature of the position is difficult for these guys
0: right now, and so, uh, like, what do I think the Giants should do? I think they should, for the most part, stick to their guns here. I mean, they have all the leverage. This 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 phony, flimsy notion that he could skip the season doesn't really change anything. So they have all the leverage. I think that they should stick to what they're doing. And if Joe Shane has publicly said he's okay with Barkley playing the year on the on the tag, then then fine. I mean, it's not his job to uh joe shane's job to bend just because saquon barkley and his agent misread the situation i mean um yeah they took a risk they they shot too high in terms of what they wanted and then he got trapped with the tag so let's see how it all plays out there's a little less than a month to go uh but yeah i mean that that pretty much we talked a lot about this I, i think that that kind of sums it up uh there's still a lot of unknowns though
1: right um, I'll, I'll throw this question out there. We can and we can take this into another subject that is related. So it's probably not going to happen. But let's just say that Saquon does hold out. Uh, you know, into the season. What? How would you describe the the depth of the the Giants' running back situation? Do you, do you think they would be able to handle that and be successful without Saquon Barkley? Uh,
0: no, I mean, and that's not, it's not great. I mean, I guess that that would be his leverage, I guess, if he had something to hold out for, which he doesn't again, because all he can do is play the year on a one-year deal. Um, there's nothing he could really be holding out for. Um, I guess he could say like, I want more on a one-year deal and you got to spread it around, like all the loophole stuff we're talking about, but yeah, Matt Breida, Eric Gray, Gary Brightwell, like obviously not great. They committed, $10 10 million dollars to Saquon Barkley is starting back for a reason um in in the production the production warrants it uh in terms of him being your no clear number one back uh obviously it's not a great situation but like to me it's like okay if Saquon Barkley is unhappy about these disrespectful offers like okay say the guaranteed money like the whole notion that like these le- leaking information is some like oh it's awful it happens all the time in the NFL like it's okay. like come on like Oh, it's like it's like Casablanca, you know, gam- right, gambling or whatever or whatever that line is, right? Um, that he, he's shocked and appalled that something so obvious is happening. Like it's part of the deal. Get, catch up, good. like get your agent to do. And also, like I don't is, 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 is was anything being leaked from the Giants that really made him look super super greedy? I think he's just reading it that way. I think um, it's I
1: think it's just more his he, he's not upset about that. He's upset about what the
0: the money is i mean if it, they wanted to it's, rub it's his off, face off, in it they would they would leak oh we offered a totally fair guaranteed amount of money and he turned it down because he wanted more all right? right that that would be a shot right um, so so if if the guaranteed money is disrespectful let's hear it oh we haven't heard it yet so what does right. that you? Right. so we'll I,
1: uh i was gonna yeah. get, get back a second the one person the one running back in the in the giants room that really that really fascinates me and i you know if they I don't know what happened if they increase his workload, but I I do love the stat that that Matt Breida did in his second season in the NFL, lead the San Francisco 49ers in rushing and, and total yards from scrimmage. He rushed for eight eight fourteen that year. Uh that was 2018 and had over a thousand yards from scrimmage that year. Um and his career is fascinating too. He's got a four point eight yards per rush for his career. Last year was four point one. Um, you know, the times he played last year, he was really good. It, it was obviously very limited, more limited. I did. he, Um, his, his touches had been going down for, for a few years. He only played in nine games the year before, but, but in the limited amount of time he played, he was, he was really good. And and Gary Braywell was very good in the game. They lost to the Eagles last game of the season. Now, I don't know what that means, but, uh, you don't read too much into that, but Brita does, does fascinate me. I, the combination of Brita and Gray um might be better than people realize um if they didn't have Saquon Barkley. And I'll just I'll I'll leave it at that.
0: <laughs> yeah, Brita Brita's still twist twenty-eight years old and um turned twenty-eight in February. So it's it's definitely something to keep an eye on, especially if this lingers. But then again, maybe they get a deal done and that's that. Um but we'll we'll see. Till that's, is-
1: that's what we're cheering for here <laughs> as
0: summer <laughs> begins. July the seventeenth, which is what one, two, three, four. Uh yeah, it was four weeks from yesterday. So we're sitting here June twentieth. Uh so yeah, one, two, four weeks from yesterday. So that's where they're at. Um, in terms of this, oh, we can just pivot and run down some of the other giants' key positions here, and we'll stick with the offense. Starting offensively, obviously, everyone we talk about the running back situation there. Um. You know, we can quickly dispense with the positions that seem, you know, a little less notable. But so obviously, you know, their tight end is obviously going to be Darren Waller, who's basically a receiver. It will be interesting to see where Daniel Bellinger factors in. Um, he's gotten stronger, it looks like, which is probably a good thing because he's
1: probably going to be doing a lot of blocking, right? Yeah, you would think that he would be blocking a lot more. Um, Andy Bischoff made a point the other day, though. <coughs> you know, obviously, Darren Waller is going to be getting a lot of attention. Uh, will that attention sometimes lead to daniel bellinger being wide open perhaps um you know and the, the 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 thing at that position it stands out to me is a year ago the tight end position was at this time was a disaster really, It's he's like who's you know they had let evan, evan ingram go to the jags some with the jags who ended up having a very good season and got tagged himself uh, um but um you know you looked at the giants tight end group. And you're like, who's going to produce from that group? And Bellinger had a good, good rookie year, uh, but it still wasn't very, not much, a lot of production from the tight end position receiving wise. Now you look at that room and you know, you got Darren Waller, obviously chance to be a thousand yard receiver. If he can recapture what he had in with, with the Raiders Uh you got Bellinger a year older, who, you know, was one of the better rookie tight ends in the league and, you know, and Lawrence Cager is obviously a very interesting guy um, who much like Waller was a receiver and is now converted to tight end. Uh, you know, if if you're going to learn somebody, Waller's probably a pretty good, good guy to learn from. So but the, the the point being is that the tight end room has all of a sudden become a very exciting place for the Giants. Very much so. And uh, obviously, Waller is their number one target in the
0: passing game. They desperately need him to stay healthy. We all know that. And. Um, that will be fascinating to see if he can, as obviously had some durability issues in recent years. And, uh, again, as with all these positions, there wasn't really a lot of movement come in, in the spring. These were pretty informal practices. And we talk about our impressions of the spring. It's not like uh, a lot much will be decided, obviously in terms of the backfield, um, you know, Daniel Jones, obviously (laughs) it goes without saying hugely important year. He just got paid 82 million for two years, at least, um, he has some weapons around him, Uh, again, it's not like anything that's going to happen in training camp is going to settle a quarterback battle, but it's an like you know this camp year two for Jones and in in in, uh, Brian Dable's offense, and let's see how he progresses. Uh, and 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 really, it's it's obviously Jones is worth discussing, but all the pieces around him and how they're going to affect him, I think, are the most fascinating things about this offense. Whether that's Barkley's presence or lack thereof, Waller's durability or lack thereof, um. And this offensive line, uh, the most fascinating piece I think is Evan Neal. Right? Can he pass block better? Needed less. Like?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, if if he's not better, then they're in trouble. Uh, yeah. You know, but if he but if he is better, um, you know, they could take off. I mean, I, you know, if he if he has the kind of, and you know, I, I think the comparison between Andrew and Thomas gets overblown sometimes because they're different people and a little bit different position. But one point uh, that has been made is that that Evan Neal was a left tackle in college and had to transition to being a right tackle. Um, you know, it doesn't sound like it should be that difficult a thing to do, uh, but it, you know, it, it, it's probably not as easy as it sounds to do that. You know, there are different different movements and different directions you got to go, and so I'm sure there are some intricacies to it. That, that we don't understand and are, are more difficult than and the other thing with Evan Neal was um, he's, I, if you go back and look at even his pro football focus grades, he, he seemed to be trending in the right directions around week six, five, six, and seven last year. And then he had the MCL problem against the Jags. And I remember talking to him about week 15 or 16, maybe even later than that. And he, you know, he basically, Said that he was, it was still, you know, he was still dealing with it. You know, it wasn't like a pain thing, but he, you know, it was still something he felt. So, was he entirely healthy all, last year? He, you know, he obviously regressed some after that, had some rough games after that. But, um, you know, he's coming in here healthy. As you pointed out, he, he's the uh, key, key person they need to really improve on that offensive line.
0: No doubt about it. He tweaked his passing stance pass blocking stance this off season with the help from Willie Anderson. The the really uh, I guess you know, with the Bengals, he was legendary. Uh, you know, he's in their their uh ring of honor, I guess, right? And so Willie Anderson worked with uh obviously former offensive tackle worked with Evan Neal, made his pass blocking stance more efficient, and we'll see how that plays out. Uh Bobby Johnson, the Giants' offensive line coach, was was totally fine with it. I mean, these were things he said that he and Neil discussed, and then they went and Neil went and worked on it with Willie Anderson. So it wasn't like it was out of left field. Uh, the other intriguing piece on this line, uh, again, we talked about the left guard situation. I think it would be it would be Ben. <laughs> um, we don't need to go too in depth on that, but obviously John Michael Schmitz will be the center. We know it, and then and, and that's it. There's no position battle really there at all. I mean, we know he's going to be the center. He has is known for his dead ball snapping, right? And so um how can he communicate? How well can he block? I mean, this is a big ask. I mean, people are looking at this like, Oh, they have stability at center. They got this guy, you know, he's a rookie. It's still going to be something to keep an eye on. I think throughout the year, even though he, he is a pretty steady dude. And uh, you know, we couldn't really glean anything out of the spring because of how limited contact is. There's no contact allowed. Right. So like for the offensive line, it's, it's really impossible to get a read on things. The preseason will be fascinating for John Michael Schmitz uh, to see just, you know, how he's holding up to the speed of the NFL
1: yeah the interesting thing i um about the center position is so in the last few years like Creed humphrey came i think he was just in his second year with with the with the chiefs and is now the best center and you know considered the best center has moved ahead of jason kelsey is being considered the best center in the nfl uh so he obviously made the transition very quickly uh the 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 Ravens drafted Tyler Linderbaum in the first round um, last year, and he was considered one of the best centers. So that bodes well for the Giants that it does seem as though really quality centers uh, are capable of coming right into the league and, and you know getting up to speed and and becoming very good players at the position. Uh, you know, can can this guy do it too? We'll, we'll see. But you know, he seems. I will say this just his demeanor and his work ethic seems you know from watching these OTAs and just seeing him after the draft he seems like he has that type of uh, mentality that he should be able to uh at least the mental part of it catch on quick
0: and uh you know it's all about protection and playmakers for Jones we talked a little bit about a playmaker in in Darren Waller and obviously Barkley and the protection there uh with the line the, the receiver situation is, is intriguing. Obviously it, it is clear as he as wrote coming out of the spring that the top three, unsurprisingly receivers right now, uh, are Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton and Paris Campbell, which totally makes sense, right? Like Jalen Hyatt's working with the backups again, he's a third round rookie. It's not surprising that, you know, that he's, that he's working with the backups. I think ultimately he'll have a, a, a you know, a small specific niche, niche role this year, uh, Sterling Shepard, and Rondale Robinson aren't even practicing right now. Okay. So, and then you have the wild card guys like Jamison Crowder again, who's, who's probably a roster bubble guy. Colin Johnson, uh, is an interesting big bodied outside receiver. Who's coming off the Achilles tear wrote about him the other day, but he's not a lock to make the roster. And so, um, right now it looks like, and this is not a surprise. I mean, the Hodgins, Slayton Campbell, they're top three receivers, but, uh, I'd be interested to see what they get from Hyatt and Camp, given the fact that Robinson is going to be recovering from his ACL still for a while because he got hurt in November. Uh, and what are you going to get from Sterling Shepard, uh, given the timeline of his recovery, which was what week three he got hurt? So, what do you make of the of the
1: totality of that receiver room right now? Um, you know, it, I think it is what people say. Is it's? it's and you just use the word interesting. It's probably a good word to describe it. Their speed, uh, more speed than they had certainly a year ago. Uh, Paris Campbell is one of the fastest players in the league. Um, you know, I, I think I saw a next-gen stat from ESPN that he, he had the – at 22.1 miles per hour, had the fastest play. I don't know how they figure these things out, much above my level of thinking, but um was the fastest play of the year last year run by Paris Campbell. He ran a four three one forty 3 at the Combine when he was there five, six years ago. Um, and, you know, still obviously has that speed. It's never last year was the first year he's healthy. Can he make a giant leap in his second year and, and stay healthy for a second straight year? As a question, you know, the thing, but the thing that's been said about it, you know, a, a, a good, looks like a good solid group, but without a uh, wide receiver, one, clear wide receiver one. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment of this group. Is there anybody in that group to could be a wide receiver one in 2023. Um, you know, I if I was going to say have to pick one of those guys and say he's the best chance of becoming that it, for me, it would probably be Paris Campbell. Uh, you know, he was a highly touted guy coming out of Ohio State, who, as it just mentioned, hasn't stayed healthy. And then I'd probably put Jalen Hyatt second on that list because we just really don't know how he's going to develop as a rookie and some. Some, you know, used to be no rookie wide receivers developed in their very, very few developed in their first rookie seasons. Um, It's happening more now than than ever before. Uh, You know, it'll be interesting to see to see if one of these guys can develop into Daniel Jones's favorite target. But I'm I'm guessing that they're going to go another year without a thousand yard receiver.
0: Well, certainly, as a as a, from the receiver position, you know, Waller is is their, you know, is their de facto number one receiver, and so that will take targets away from you know the the guys who are are receivers by position name, and we kind of know what Darius Slayton is. Isaiah Hodgins, we'll see. I mean, he had a nice year last year, but far from proven over the long haul. So, uh, bottom line for this offense, got to have Waller stay healthy. Got to have Neil pass block better, and. Obviously, Thomas needs to be Thomas at left tackle, and uh, John Michael Schmitz is 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 a fascinating piece. And so defensively, uh, we can start right up front. I mean, Leonard Williams comes into this year uh, as an intriguing part of the defensive line that should be better against the run. Leonard Williams has always been pretty darn good against the run for all the inconsistencies he's had as a pass rusher. But uh, they bring in Ashawn Robinson. And Raheem Nunez-Roches, to help out uh, with the run. Their run defense better be better. It should be better. Um,
1: Will it be better? Yeah, it has to be better. If it's not, then, you know, they're not going to ascend to the next level that they want to ascend to. And obviously, they, you know, a a final eight team in the NFL is nothing to sneeze at, which is what they were last year. Um, But they obviously want to go beyond that this year. And you know, they identified it. Joe Shane identified it the, the the day after the season ended that they had to get better against the run. Uh and signing guys like Ashaan um A'shaan Robinson, Bobby O'Kerrike, I think that's right, right? Is that yep, Bobby O'Kar yeah? Uh I think you know, he, he he's in there and we'll get to the linebackers in a second, but uh and and Raheem Nunez Rochez bringing those guys in uh was key. I'm you know, I'm kind of <clears throat> I'm kind of interested to see some of the young guys on this uh defensive line. Um you know, DJ D- Davidson, De- uh Jordan Riley and um Ryder Anderson. I'm I'm kind of um eager to see what how they've improved or if they've improved. Uh DJ Davidson might not be ready at the start of the season. He's coming off an ACL. But, you know, and then Jordan Riley was a, you know, just a big body that they drafted, Who you know, who they basically said he's a work, he's a work in progress, but you can't just create a six foot five, 325 pound body out of nowhere. And that's a, that's a big, you know, it's a comparable size to, to Dexter. Um, So I'm, I'm kind of eager to see what the backup guys can do. The young, the young backup guys can do too. And kind
0: of hovering over all that is the fact that Leonard Williams has an insane cap number. It's thirty two, uh, two six because of the restructure last year. He's entering the final final year of his deal. They're obviously not going to extend him, and so will they come to him and ask him to take a pay cut closer to the season? That's the interesting thing here. Uh, how hard do you want to squeeze the guy, right? I mean, that I
1: don't, I don't think it's happening, and like just yeah. from listening to Leonard last week. I don't think it's happening unless the you know the the restructure includes an, an extension. You know that's it, the only way he's he's going to do that, and and I don't blame him because you know he's a guy who gets out on the marketing and still makes some 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 money at that position. For sure, I think I agree. And um,
0: when we talk about position battles, uh, well, we'll stick up, up front, right? So as he's Ojolari came on Thibodeau uh they're going to run it back basically with those two guys as a starters ward and Zimenez as the backups not really anything different at the outside linebacker's position it's it's the same same cast of characters there
1: it, it really is and you know at, at that position they need a uh, aziz to stay healthy and and b on to to elevate to Kayvon said it himself what's he need to do better needs to finish needs to get more sacks uh uh more quarterback hits more just be more disruptive than he was last year, and if that happens you know if he if he can take his game to another level that'll that'll go a long way to making this the, the kind of defense wink martindale wants it to be
0: somebody has to rush the passer as efficiently or close to it as Dexter Lawrence, because for as much as they do blitz and they don't, they were not a great efficient pass rushing team last year. And that is including the great uh, year that Dexter Lawrence had. And, and Wink Martindale likes to talk about how much they disrupt the quarterback. And yeah, that, that, that is true. But PFF they had him 20th in pass rush last year. And that, that is a measure of efficiency, right? Cause so if you're going to rush the passer a lot, uh, or you're going to blitz a lot, of course, you're going to get home. Um, but there's 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 obviously efficiency issues there that they need to improve on, and so they they were uh, 20th in pass rush last year in PFF, and and they had they were 30th in coverage. Now injuries and attrition played into that coverage stuff, and we'll get to the secondary in a minute. But um, as you talk about uh, the, the the inside linebacker group and getting better against the run, obviously it was both those spots were revolving doors last year. Inside linebacker, they bring in Bobby O'Kirake, uh, who will provide some stability there. But then we get to a really interesting position battle. And so offensively, I think, you know, maybe left guard is kind of sort of a position battle. Not really. Uh, there's not really a lot of like super fascinating position battles on the offense. Like who could maybe be like their slot receiver. Is it going to be Hyatt or Shepard? You kind of have to set aside one Dale Robinson right now. Uh, and, and Waller's going to play out of the slot a lot anyway. And, and so, uh, but but to me, when we go down the depth chart here, the, the other inside linebacker position, not a super sexy position, but uh, Gerard Davis is going to be fighting for his job against Darian Beavers, who's coming off the camp ACL tear. So he'll be ready to go, Beavers, start a camp, uh, didn't play last year as a rookie, but it's not like Davis is a pro bowler. So that's a really interesting, not off talked about uh position i think
1: uh right i mean time. these guys are you know they're, they're not three down guys that are on the field when in on passing downs so i think that's part of the reason it's not talked about a lot but um but it, but there's definitely a competition there um you know oddly Derek, jared davis wasn't on the field the last couple of days of ota so i don't know you know and the giants don't have to reveal any injury things at this Teams don't have to reveal any injury things at this point, and I don't know if he was injured or not, but I, I he wasn't on the field the last two days of OTAs, um, and I think I think another guy who's probably in that mix is is Micah McFadden. He w- with Jared Davis not running with the ones, Micah McFadden was running with the ones quite a bit too, uh, and Beaver still wasn't ready to, to to run in those seven on seven type things either. So I think Micah McFadden who. He was the only, I think he was the one of two guys who played every game of the regular season on defense last year uh, and then didn't play in either of the playoff games because they were obviously uh, liked what they saw from Jarrett Davis after he signed with them late in the season more than they like from McFadden. But McFadden's a year older. Um, you know, he comes back. Is he stronger? Um, perhaps. Uh, but there is going to be some competition there at that position for sure. Absolutely. Um, caught, yeah, McFadden struggled last
0: year, so we'll see if he can play better and push for playing time there. Um, we talk about, you know, obviously those guys necessarily are not the inside linebackers and not three down players, but as we uh, transition to the secondary, yeah, like Deontay Banks going to be out there every, every down uh, opposite of Dory Jackson. He's hugely important. know, yeah, We're presuming he's going to be the starter and he will be hugely important piece. Uh, what do the Sauce Gardner standard is is so lofty. I think we should just be reasonable and not
1: expect that. But what are reasonable expectations for him? Just to be I think just to be a solid first year rookie player at that position, uh, you know, he's a first round pick. So I think you can I think you can expect, you know, him to play let's let's put this as the, the expectation that he plays to a little bit better level than they had at that position last year, when it was a, a a lot of rotating guys in and out of that that position from the start with Aaron Robinson being the starter at first, and then uh, Fabian Moreau, um, Cordell Flott. That it was the left guard of defensive positions last year. That uh, the cornerback spot opposite uh, Adore Jackson, and even the other, even that became a, a revolving door with Adore getting hurt on the O-fated punt return against Detroit. So uh, I think the expectation should be that Deontay Banks brings some stability to that position. That's what they're obviously looking
0: for opposite McKinney, who's entering the final year of his contract. So maybe Banks grows into the number one corner in year two. It's still very early to forecast that. And again, he was... He was not a uh you know he was a twenty-fourth pick. He wasn't the he wasn't the fourth pick like Sauce Gardner, and he wasn't the first cornerback taken. So like let's let's take a deep breath and measure these expectations. Um The Giants do play a lot of nickel, and so when you're talking about corners, the nickel cornerback is a really intriguing spot um in terms of how they could play that. Um will it be Darnay Holmes? Will Cordell Flott take over that job? Or Um, they kind of play like a safety ish, uh, guy there. Like Nick McLeod has moved from corner to safety, but he played all over the defense last year, including some safety and a lot in the slot. Um, so they, uh, Jerome Henderson, the defensive backs coach was talking about this. They, they like to have versatile slot coverage ability, and it doesn't have to be the slot corner per se, but I think ultimately Darnay Holmes fighting for his job here well, fighting for his starting job. Certainly.
1: Yeah, there, there we have some competition. That that might be the the most interesting competition of them all with Holmes, um, Holmes, Cordell Flot and and Nick McLeod. And you know, as a as a rookie, flot was forced to play quite a bit last year. McLeod, even more was basically a second year player where they had gotten from Buffalo. Um, you know, and a guy we haven't mentioned a lot, and we're, we're going to get to safety, I assume. Um, from here but it's jason Pinnock, and we didn't mention him a lot in camp but he's a, he's a guy who you know could be competing too in that in that safety or i don't know necessarily slot but um you know so there was some competition for playing time in the, in the in the secondary for sure
0: yeah and 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 bobby mccain was signed to uh you know it wasn't a high guarantee contract so there's nothing that says that Wink Martin it's not he's not necessarily a lock to be an every down player if one of these other guys pushes him um, I think unlikely to be Dane Belton based on what we saw last year but maybe he takes a leap um, we know Xavier McKinney entering a contract here is going to be the uh, hugely important free safety just you know the one of the pillars of the secondary along with the Dory Jackson so McKinney did not have a great year last year. He needs to be better this year. I mean, that's even setting aside his hand injury, the ATV accident. So, yeah, the Giants need some consistency above all else in this secondary in terms of performance, in terms of guys staying on the field, um not having the attrition they had last year when they dealt with what? Significant injuries to McKinney, Dory Jackson, and Aaron Robinson, who is now Aaron Robinson, pretty much an afterthought given the timing of his surgery. You're not going to be seeing him for a while. Um, but I, I do think that slot corner spot, is, as you discussed, is going to be a fascinating one because of how important that role is and covering – I mean, you see how important it's going to be for the Giants' opponents to have to try to handle a guy like Darren Waller, right? So, like, uh, there are really dangerous guys who play a lot in the spot all over the NFL. and that's What a- what,
1: what would your prediction be right now for how the, the, the three cornerback slot – set up obviously. i think they will start Holmes to start the year
0: um but we could certainly see some movement there i think he will be the guy to start the year all right i'm going to predict nick mcleod um, yeah as, as so he, he. yeah nick mcleod's a fascinating piece i mean because yeah while well, he is moving to safety full-time and 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 does will play a lot in the slot in that role because as jerome henderson said they like to blitz the nickelback um then they need someone to cover in the slot yeah i mean he it's not like he didn't play any safety last year, Nick McLeod. I mean, you look at his PFF snap breakdowns, and he did. Um, So that's what a guy like that who came in undrafted in the NFL is going to have to do that to to stay relevant, be versatile. Um, And special teams matters too, obviously. Uh, You know, especially for position guys like uh, Nick McLeod who can play special teams, Colin Johnson uh, as a receiver. But in terms of exclusively special teams – roles the the real one I mean everything is pretty much set except for and we don't even have to get into kick return because it'll probably be Gary Brightwell that role doesn't really even matter that much anymore but the punt return role where again Dory Jackson got hurt last year. The Giants had a newsworthy punt return returner year uh because Richie James had the issues in Seattle Dory Jackson got hurt uh Richie James now in Kansas City so now the punt returner role is which is still a significant role on special teams uh, you're not going to fair catch every punt who's it's not going to be Adoree Jackson but who's who's going to be the punt returner
1: well i was just going to say i i don't think it's going to be adoree jackson either but adoree is still back there sometimes returning punts it's like adoree i will say this has, hasn't shied away from the idea um you know he he you know he could have been he could have been like, oh, I don't know why they put me back there in the first place, but he wasn't. You know, it's like, okay, I got hurt, and, you know, so be it. Uh, but I, I guess it's something that he really probably likes doing. Jameson Crowder is the veteran, is the veteran guy in that role, uh, they, but they don't really have a clear cut guy to to do it. Khalil uh, Pimpleton did quite a bit in college and has been back there, but you know, he's got to make the team first. Jaden Minkins is a, I think, an, an, another guy who has done that role. Uh, Eric Gray did a little bit in college, but not, not a lot. Uh, there's no clear cut guy here. Um, so I don't, I don't know who's going to end up with that role. Um, but, uh, you know, (laughs) Richie James, as it turned out, had a pretty good season for the giants last year, even though he lost three, he lost three fumbles. Uh, but for the most part was pretty solid, especially after he came back after losing the two fumbles in the one game again at Seattle. You know he 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 rebounded from that as as not only a punt returner but also as a receiver, and had a had a very good season. Now he's in Kansas City and has a chance to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> and you know,
0: will the Giants be that be in the mix for one? Probably not this year. But uh, obviously, the the big as we close this out and look big picture, the expectations as we all know are much higher. I mean, this is a team that went nine seven and one last year, won the divisional or uh, made the divisional round of the playoffs after winning a wildcard game in Minnesota. That was a pretty favorable matchup for them. They obviously are not on the Eagles level. They weren't last year. It doesn't appear the gap is closed uh, and the schedule's really difficult for the Giants. It's, it's just an uphill battle, I think, for them to avoid regression. You know, we don't have to get into season picks and all that. But this is a really challenging year for this team because expectations are higher. The challenges are higher, too, um, in terms of the schedule, in terms of the um trying to replicate what they did last year when uh yeah they did get lucky at times and so um win 10 games and you're in the playoffs these days and they go one nine and a half last year and so we we can run through the schedule later on but uh that we just want to give you guys a, a, a rundown of where things stand um and now we wait for saquon barkley
1: inside of a month till the tag deadline we'll see what happens that's where we're at uh you know i i to just discuss the season, you know, the division's just brutal. I mean, um, you know, the Giants were a, a lot closer, even though they got to the final eight. They were they were only one game ahead of the the Commanders at the end of the season. They were nine seven and one. The Commanders were eight eight and one. You know, they were farther, a lot f- closer to to last place than than first place. But that's more of a reflection of how good that division is. Uh, but it figures to be very good again with the Cowboys and Eagles at the top of it um commanders the commanders are a solid roster i think uh but not you know have a major question of quarterback um you know and there's going to be teams that you know could be better to for the giants to compete for wild card with you know examples being uh detroit the packers i think even without aaron rodgers could end up being a, a pretty pretty good team it's not like they're bringing in a rookie quarterback they're bringing in a guy who's been studying in the position for a while and you know has a chance to be pretty good you know the Niners are going to be good it's the Seahawks and the Rams are a team that could could rebound for sure um you know they're only a, a year removed from winning a Super Bowl so you know it, it it's going to be tougher for them to get back to the playoffs um uh, but I do think they are a better team too I think they've improved their team
0: yeah so we'll see if they can avoid regression. We obviously have a long way to go and uh, so in the meantime, uh we will be back with you guys closer to training camp at some point we're gonna take some time off um and and recharge and so in the meantime, be sure to like rate, review, subscribe uh to this uh this whole podcast on your on your favorite podcasting platform. so we appreciate everyone joining us. <laughs> What's that? It's free. It is. Uh, and we appreciate everyone joining us as summer begins tomorrow. Enjoy your summer, which really uh training camp is going to be starting in the heart of summer. So, um, enjoy it. The giants will obviously have some open practices. So keep an eye out, um, for those updates that we'll, we'll have for you guys in terms of when they do announce their publicly open practice, we'll definitely be, you know, have a rundown of those. Um, and so I would expect that in the next couple weeks or so, they usually announce what their publicly open practices will be, but keep in mind, they're going to go to Detroit to uh, have joint training camp practices with the Lions in advance of the preseason game there. So that unfortunately for giants fans is going to cut into the opportunities to uh, watch them in East Rutherford. Uh, that's sort of just how it goes when, when they have those on the road practices as they did a couple of years ago in Cleveland, right. With Joe judge. So, um, but yeah, Keep an eye on that. Be sure to get in there if you want to go to training camp, and uh, it should be a fascinating year for the Giants. But we will be obviously talking about it a bunch more in the not-too-distant future. So thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Take care.